0: And welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fifth season, we are looking at Joe Johnston's 2011 film, Captain America, The First Avenger. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. I'm Pete Wright, also from the Next Reel. Today, we are talking about Minute One, which begins with the sound of wind over the Paramount logo and ends with a silhouette in a snowstorm. It's just us, Pete, you and me, uh this first week. We're gonna be talking about uh these first five minutes this week of Captain America, and we start off here. Uh still under the Paramount logo, under the Paramount banner with the Marvel Marvel logo following. Uh the big transition hasn't happened yet. Um what let's let's talk a little bit about um first seeing this film. Do you remember when you first went and saw this? Did you see this one in theaters?
1: Oh wow. I'm sure I did. I was already seeing (laughs) all the things in theaters. I'm sure I did. Uh, I don't have a memory, a specific memory of this movie. And for a lot of years, I'm I'm curious your thought, a lot of years, I didn't get how much I loved this movie. It took a while to grow on me, I think, and um, uh, to understand sort of what Johnston, what I feel like Johnston was going for. It's a slower movie than uh, some of the other uh, Marvel MCU movies, certainly some of the ones that we've talked about. Uh, It is, I I think, a little bit more, um, a little bit more introspective in its approach to to war and the war effort, and to me, that really ended up connecting with me over the years. I, I, I think it's pretty special, but I have precious little experience with Cap before this movie. Uh, I was not a, a cap comic guy, so um, so I came into this cold.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much how I was. I, I mean, I saw it in the theaters, and I remember, I, I, I mean, it was kind of in the same place as you. I didn't care for it that much. I thought, no, it's fine. It's, but it's, it's. I was like, it doesn't. There's not much happening. It's like this guy who's eager to fight, and he fights, and <laughs> that was kind of what the story was. And I'm like, it's just a long slog to kind of watch this guy go through, um, you know, his um. Uh, his journey to stop Red Skull, and uh, like you, it took me some time to. Uh, I mean, and I, I didn't even rewatch this one for a very long time. And when I finally came back to it, I was like, "Oh, okay, this is um, one of those films that it's there's an interesting um, type of of storytelling that you don't get as often. Usually, when you're telling a story, you have a protagonist and an antagonist, and the protagonist." has this big character arc, and they have to go through a transition in order to learn something about themselves and grow or whatever it's going to be so that they can make that change toward the end of the story and uh, defeat the antagonist. That's kind of a general uh, prototypical story. Less common um, do you find a story where there's a protagonist who doesn't have that character growth, uh, except maybe they're just... They 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 have a a position, and over the course of the film, they strengthen that position. It's not necessarily character growth, but what that character is doing over the course of the film is changing those around them. And it's it's not necessarily as common a story type, um, but it still is an effective one. And it's it's really about how does that person change people. Uh, in in kind of in that they come in contact with, and that's really what we have with this story. And I didn't recognize that at first. I'm just like, geez, he doesn't. I mean, he's the same guy he was at the end uh, that he was at the beginning of the film. But really, it's like, like about all these other characters along the way that you see him coming in contact with, who kind of uh, find that growth themselves, and they they start kind of seeing uh, things with a different perspective. And so um, I I thought that was pretty. Uh, when when I realized that and I was able to kind of look at it through those eyes, it kind of clicked with me, and I I certainly had a lot more appreciation with it. But I mean, at the time, again, I know I saw it in the theaters, um, and uh, but I was like, I, you know, I I just kind of like shrugged, and so. Um, I'm I'm certainly glad that you know I've uh, it's one that I've gone back and revisited, and I think of the franchises within the MCU, like the Captain America films, uh, I think has some of the stronger ones, I and mean, maybe it's just because I love the Winter Soldier so much, but um, he's he, you know he's an interesting character. I never. I never read any of his comics until really just recently trying to get some sense of his character for the show.
1: Right. Well, one of the other things I'm sure will will come out of this discussion is this whole this whole angle on patriotism and Cap as a true patriot and what does it mean for patriots of opposing ideologies to go up against one another in this context, in this like hyper real, um, you know, comic book cinematic uh, I- experience. And I think that is one of the things that I find so interesting about Cap is, you know, his journey from like, w- you know, being the little guy uh, to um, being the big guy who understands empathy um, is all – through, you know, really interesting when you look at it through the lens of his patriotism and why he fights, why he wants to fight, why it's natural to see Cap with a gun, um, you know, at this point. And, you know, we have lots of rays and things like that. But but this is a military movie in this uh, context. And I think that's really interesting to see. Um, as interesting, I, I would say, the comparison for me to uh, the first Wonder Woman movie, right, to see how heroes and patriots injected into the, that particular timeline um, can make for an, an interesting bit of exposition. So I'm really interested in it. I'm super interested in how, you know, we, we have essentially three patriotisms going on here, right? We have in this movie, we have the the Nazis, uh, we have the, um, the allies uh, through Cap, and we have, you know, Hydra. And what Red Skull's efforts are to uh, – and how his patriotism uh, and authoritarian leanings lead him to, you know, world domination. And and I think that's – I think Johnston portrays them interestingly in this movie. So I'm excited to, to dig into these minute by minute.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely think so. And if you're wondering why we're not talking about the minute too much, because yeah, there's not a lot going on in this minute. We have the Paramount logo, and I, we've talked about that in past seasons about the – the stars and the mountain and all that sort of stuff. And then we have the Marvel Marvel logo. This is still the uh, comic book flipping logo, um, which is always fantastic. And uh, then, and, and over all of this, we have the sound of wind, a very, uh, as we'll find out a very cold wind, because then we, we come in on a very snowy. uh, I mean, it's really a whiteout is what we're looking at. And, you know, are we in clouds? What is going on? And then we see a couple, a pair of headlights And, uh, and then we move right into one of the sets of headlights. It's an interesting, um, (laughs) it's an interesting camera move. This, this likely was all filmed in Pinewood Studios over in the UK. That's where uh, most of the movie was filmed. But it was one of those moves where I'm like, either they have two lights that just kind of turn on, and then the camera dollies into a pair of lights and they just kind of add everything around it and then add the sound effects and everything to make it seem like a vehicle's driving toward the camera. Or they actually just had two cam- two vehicles um, driving across the, the stage. Um, who knows? But really, that's what we're looking at. And then we turn around and we're looking at a POV. It's more of a car POV than, like, someone in the cab. Like, we don't see wipers or anything, It's and it's fairly low. So I'm like, it's an odd choice to do a POV of, like, low as we're just, like, the two pair of headlights looking through the snow toward, as we see at the end of this minute, we see kind of a silhouetted figure standing there.
1: Very faint.
0: Yeah. Any thoughts on kind of the setup of this?
1: Yeah, well, to, to your point, exactly. I, I think, you know, what I saw was, you know, two... Members of the crew holding lights walking toward the camera. <laughs> like it didn't feel like they were moving like vehicles were moving in the distance there. But it, 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 it is, um, it's a very slow opening minute. The setup is, is a little bit strange because we're on, we're on a principal car that is centered in in the frame and more or less so you can kind of mistake it as being one vehicle with two sets of double headlights or with a set of double headlights Uh, but i do think it's a much further like whether it's designed to trick you um it it just feels like it's much further away it is two vehicles um approaching
0: well and i think that um that Changes fairly quickly, because yeah it's one of those things what was that there's that old um uh, like a legend of like you know the whole thing of threading the needle? do you remember that uh story of the the motorcycle guy who's riding with his friends oh it 's an urban legend that 's the word i 'm looking for where he 's threading the needle and he races ahead of his buddies and it 's night, and um he uh, then he's like i'm going to scare them, and he turns around. And he races toward them, and it's pitch black, and he sees two lights, and he's like, that's them. And he, he plans on racing right between them to scare them, only to realize that, too late, unfortunately, that it's a truck. And he <laughs> runs right into the truck. Right into the middle of a truck. Okay. That's right into a the middle story. of an oncoming truck. It's a horrible story. It's an urban legend about, like, you know, the way that these pairs of lights can, can trick your eyes and everything. And, and I think there is a, a bit of that as it starts. And it's very, very wintry.
1: Very wintry. We very don't cold. Very know, dark. We don't know where they are. We have no set of a uh, setup of the context, uh, and we hear
0: no voices. No. And it's interesting because once we flip around and we get that POV, there is a little tiny red dot. You know that we we almost see the red dot before we see the the figure of the person, and it's probably because red in this sort of situation is a A color that is easier to see from longer distances so you can pinpoint things more easily and so they do see this red light ahead of them so at least they know whoever's driving they're going in the right direction i guess right i mean did you have any familiarity with the story of captain america as far as like his character having like been i mean the way that he, he appears in the comics he's um he essentially this whole sort sort of thing happens. He's he's lost in the Arctic and the Avengers actually are the ones who <laughs> I think I try to remember how it came into the comics, like his the iceberg he's stuck in breaks off and floats down toward New York City or something. And they're out there and they find it. and They see him in it and they free him. And that's kind of how he pe- becomes this figure, um, you know, stuck in a different time. And that was kind of like the the way that they moved Captain America forward from this period um, when they were first writing him uh, to the later period. And that's how he kind of joined the Avengers. Um, Were you familiar with that? Like, did you when you saw the wintry snow here, did you go, oh, I wonder if this is like, did you have a sense? Is this the 40s or is this present day?
1: Exactly that. Exactly that. I, I wondered immediately, is this a framing mechanism? Is this going to be a time jump where we're going to have to 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 see how the story plays out over the course of uh, you know two periods? Um, I I did know a little bit about you know Captain America's backstory. Um, you know what can you say? You pick stuff up. Um, I, I didn't I didn't read any of those. I hadn't read any of those in, uh, original comics. What are the Avengers doing in the ocean to pick up this ice floe? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it had to do with see, name. It always has to do it's with always Namor. Namor. <laughs> right,
0: right.
1: <laughs> Um So I, I thought that was interesting, and I wondered how they were going to do it. And, you know, we have a, um, a you know, a rather case-by-case strident opinion of framing mechanisms.
0: <laughs> yes, over over the next reel, we've, we have talked about that quite a bit in the next reel.
1: We do. So I'm curious over the coming minutes uh, how that is going to, um, how that's going to play out for us.
0: Yeah, it will be interesting because... It's interesting the way it's used in this film. It it largely sets this whole concept up. And the way that it ends, and we'll talk about this when we get to the end of the movie, you almost don't even... It's designed so you don't realize that you have moved out of it. So, I mean, I, I think to that end, this is a framing mechanism that works in the favor of the story.
1: So, this was the thing. Between us, you and I need to call our shots better because I gave a teaser... I know I'm terrible about that. And you just, you just outed it. You're just done. You don't even want to tease anything anymore.
0: Do you not remember? Like, I was like, forget it. I'm just going to talk about whatever I want to talk about. Like, I I became the guy in the first (laughs) season. It was (laughs) like, we do not talk about anything past this minute. And now I'm just like, well, I'll probably change my, change my tune. Well, year. I'm going
1: to I'm going to lean in. I actually think that this the framing mechanism works. There it is. You don't even have to listen to any future minutes. If this is the only reason you show up, <laughs> we're done. I think the framing mechanism works very, very well. It's super subtle. And, um, uh, you know, in terms of just the length of time we spend it, it, it it's uh, it, with these characters in the in the the present day, it's uh, it it works very, very well for me. Yeah. And I love, well, we'll talk about the specific effects in the coming minutes, uh, but uh, that's coming this week.
0: The only other thing I have as a note uh, is that um, we start hearing the first uh, first bit of Alan Silvestri's uh, track, Frozen Wasteland. And that certainly tells us where we are. And, uh, you know, it gives us a chance to mention Alan Silvestri, who, uh, you know, fantastic composer. He's uh, one of the absolute Greats uh, out there composing music uh, has worked a lot with like Robert Zemeckis, bringing fantastic scores to his films to life, like Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and of course, did this film and um, The Avengers and uh, brought some great themes to this, um, to the MCU. And we, you know, I've talked about the score quite a bit, how <clears throat> I struggle with some of the lack of strong themes. Um, I think Thor, I think Patrick Doyle did a great job. um, And I do think Alan Silvestri does a great job here. But anyway, I I think that he's a a, a brilliant composer and I'm glad that he's, he's in it for this one. Me too. Okay. Any, any last uh, thoughts on this before we wrap up close shop for this first minute?
1: Well, you know, it's, it, it's cold and I'm already
0: done with cold. (laughs) Well, we won't have that many minutes where you have to suffer. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, um, we're going to close up this minute, but uh, Pete, it's been a thrill. I can't wait to, to dig into this movie for the season and and chat about uh, Captain America's origins, doing a period piece in the Marvel films. Uh, this is our first uh, foray into a full length. I mean, we did have uh, flashbacks to Tonsberg, Norway in the last film, but this, uh, you know, we get almost an entire film set in the 40s, which is going to be fun. So looking forward to it.
1: Remember, Andy, it's a marathon, not a
0: sprint. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? All right, everybody, that is it for me and Pete. So until next time, true believers. I could do this all day.
1: Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM engineering by andy nelson this season's music is spread the news by anthony vega and this season's show art is by winston yabo find the show at TrueStory.fm, and if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews consider doing that for this show